If you're always on the go like myself and don't have time to sit down and read, Audible.com is a great source to be able to catch up on the latest bestsellers. Listen to it while on the road or at the gym. Audible.com is a leading provider of premium digital audio information and entertainment on the internet. Audible content includes more than 180,000 audiobooks and spoken word audio products. Audible carries Audible books in every genre imaginable business, classics, history, self development, just to name a few. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook of your choice and a free 30 day trial membership. Just go to audible.com slash replay and choose from over 180,000 audio programs. Download a title for free and start listening. It's that easy. Currently, I am listening to the classic One Fish, Two Fish, Red Fish, Blue Fish. One Fish, Two Fish, Red Fish, Blue Fish, Black Fish, Blue Fish, Old Fish, New Fish. Okay, that's、This、genius. Go to audible.com slash replay. That's audible.com slash replay and get started today. When I thought of which carrier to invite,、um, really, you know, ATT was my first and second choice.、Um, they really have been at the forefront, particularly of putting these connections in all kinds of places.、Um, so I'm really excited to bring up Glenn Lurie, the CEO of ATT Mobility. How are you? Good, good.、Uh, so, most of that was news to you, right? The idea that there's. God, you know... he and I are just, we're going to become best buddies. <laughs>、uh, he, he, he hit everything just as he usually does. He's a brilliant guy, but、uh, very much in sync with、uh, where we are and what we've been saying for quite a while. All right, good. We're done. Oh, we're、no. done. Right. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, talk about how you guys have thought about this and gotten to where you are today because. You know, it would have been easy to kind of stay focused on phones, but you guys were really early、yeah. in some of these other categories. Really going back, the Kindle was the first I remember, you know,、yeah. kind of you know, changed how mobile was sold and delivered.、Um, how have you guys evolved and you know, where does the smartphone sit today as part of your business? Well, first of all, I mean, the, the, the last part of your smartphone, you know, we have a term we use internally a smartphone is really the remote control for your life. Right, and we agree with what Benedict was saying is the fact that everything's going to be connected.、Um, but you're going to have a piece of glass in your hand that you're going to run your life with. And that's the smartphone. And we can debate what's going to be five, ten years from now. But to us, there's still a lot of growth in the smartphone. It's mostly what we're delivering. You know, we were there from the beginning、uh, with the first iPhone. And we've been a big smartphone believing company from very, very early. But、uh, there's still a lot of gas there to grow the smartphone business, grow data. But To your first part of your question, Ina, it, this is about wirelessly enabling everything. And, and how we got into it early, you nailed it. Our chairman, Randall Stevenson, was given a Kindle for Christmas. I mean, it's just that simple. And it was very early in Kindle days.、Um, the, the model that, that, that Mr. Bezos and team built was brilliant because you didn't even see right, that there was any sort of transport. So when we started talking to them, and, and obviously that business is with us now,、um, we started talking to them. Really, we were very interested to talk to customers about how they thought about it. And this is nine years ago. And the, the funny thing was, is they, they really didn't care. Right? Customers taught us something. They go, I don't know how the book gets there, don't care. It just works. And so when we moved the Kindle over to us, and we've had it with us for many years, is when we started to really look at. Well, what is this next big thing going to be? And we think everything's going to be connected, everything in our lives. And we got started early. As you know, we invested early. We 
had good deals and we had some devices that didn't work so well. We failed fast and over the last nine years we've built what is the industry leading connected device, emerging device, now IoT business in the world. And you were in charge of that business for a long time. You kind of set up the AT&T relationship with Apple, then you were the head of emerging devices for a long time. Yeah, it was really, it was really fortunate time. Obviously, the Apple uh, relationship with uh, Steve and Tim and team was, was a tremendous for us as a business. It was tremendous for the, uh, I believe it changed the world when we first launched the first iPhone and obviously the App Store with the second. Um, but what we learned from that was is we have to constantly look at how we innovate. We're a big carrier. Um, we, have, we have obviously spent a lot of CapEx on our networks and things, but we really had to look at what's that next big thing. And obviously we've started a few businesses and one of them what, that I was asked to start was the Emerging Device Organization back about nine years ago. Um, and we're gonna dive into all those emerging devices, but as long as yes. we're talking about Apple and smartphones, how sure. has the launch of the iPhone 6S been? How, how is the Apple? It, it's been great. You know, look, we, we have a, a massive iPhone base, one of the largest obviously in the US and one of the largest in the world. And our customers love iPhone. Uh, and, I, and like always, I give Tim and team a lot of credit. You know, what they brought out with the 6S and 6S Plus was, was a nice jump forward. Um, it's done incredibly well. Uh, the customer feedback, the MPS scores, all the things we look at and we talk to our customers has been phenomenal. And the launch was really quiet. I mean, we, we obviously are, are pretty good at it. We've done, between iPhones and, and iPads, we've done more launches than anybody with them, and it was very smooth, and it went very, very and well. Th this was the first time that most customers weren't just going in and paying 199 for the latest True. and signing Absolutely. a two-year contract. Did the fact that consumers, one way or another, are probably paying the full cost of their device, I mean, they were before, it was just part of their monthly bill. Did the change in how people buy phones to either leasing them from some of your competitors or buying them installments from you guys, did that change the buying patterns at all? I think, it's, I think it has changed the buying patterns. I think people are now realizing, and by the way, you say they, re, they understood the price. I'm not sure they did. I mean, I think everybody thought, well, all phones are 200 bucks. Right. Right, everything was 199, that must be what it costs. And, and reality is now is, first of all, we launch next with an idea of taking care of our customer. We get asked all the time, well, did you launch next because somebody else did? The answer is no, we launch next because our customers love it. And when we first launched Next, we thought, the you know, let's go 12 months, Next 12, and then they can upgrade every year, and that's going to be the big win, and we were, we were wrong. I mean, it, it is a part of the win. The big win is zero down and low payments. Uh, but what that's also shown our customers is that they can see the full price of the device. And so now all of a sudden when they stop paying that $21, $22, $25, it's like, you know, like a car payment. They're like, well, I kind of like this phone. It still works really well. And we're seeing customers hold their devices a little longer. So are, is the world kind of dividing? My sense is you have a small core of enthusiasts that actually want to upgrade every year and like that flexibility. And then the vast majority are saying, well, I, you know, I, I keep my car longer than I pay. <laughs> Pay the payments. Yeah. Are there people that are liking seeing that 25 bucks go away? I, I think there are. I think we are starting to see, you know, we're starting to see those folks come through Next 12. We also obviously have Next 18 and Next 24. And we launched those additional options because to give our customers the choices they're asking for. We are seeing people hold their device a little longer. We have made a decision as a company different than some of the competitors that we want to give our customers the choice of when they want to upgrade. We want to let them decide. So you can be a next 24 and make a decision, and we can obviously give them that flexibility. Others have gone down a different path where they don't want the used device or, they, or you must turn it in. In our case, it's about customer choice. and, and So you guys think it. leasing not the way you want to go? I would say this. Right now, we're looking at everything. Um, more importantly, we're talking to our customers, and we're asking them, what do you want? And we will do, and we will make adjustments based upon that feedback. What do you think of Apple leasing directly and then saying, choose your carrier? I, 
you know what? I think, I think Tim and team are doing a great job taking care of customers. We don't have a, a lot of concern around it. We, I've come out publicly and said that. I think what they're trying to do is give customers more options inside of their distribution. As you can imagine, Apple is one of our distribution points. We have many others, um, but we have no concerns with what they're trying to do at all. Okay, I want to dive into each of the specific sure. topics, but before we do that, I, I want to talk a little bit about the carrier landscape. Yeah. Now, there's been a lot of talk, should we have four carriers, should we have three, should Sprint and T-Mobile? I'm more curious, might we have more? Who else is looking at this business? Do you see, you know, Google's sort of entered with mm -hmm. Fi, the cable companies seem to be setting themselves up to enter this business. Do you think uh, we're going to be talking about an industry consolidating or an industry with new players entering? That's a really tough question. I, you know, I, I don't know, and, I, and I'll say it this way, there's, there's actually more than four, right? You know, today you've got other carriers, regional carriers, there's obviously players out there uh, that are doing very well from the reseller MVNO world. And you know, look, um, mobility is, is absolutely critical to our lives. I mean, you know, if you think back, I've been in the wireless mobility business for 25 years and watched this, this change, and there's nothing more core. I think Benedict actually phrased it that mobile is eating the world. So could others and should others be looking at how they, they play in this ecosystem? Sure. Cable companies, should. most I, likely. I, I wish them all luck in the world. It's a, it's a phenomenal business. It's a fun business. It's a hard business. And, you know, obviously with the competition that's happening in the U.S. right now, uh, it's been maybe a little ultra-competitive business, which has uh, actually been kind of fun. Yeah, I think you missed a memo. When you became CEO, did you realize you had to become a big Twitter personality and uh, get no, invites? I, I, have you seen me tweet yet? I don't no, I read yours, but I don't tweet much. No, I don't think that's prerequisite for being a, a good CEO in the mobile business. Oh. Um, I... I, I, I I think, look, we, we've taken our approach to how we want to talk to our customers and how we want to go about it. Look, we are, we're AT&T. We have a, a brand that has uh, 130 years of history. It's very important that we, uh, we protect that uh, and treat it with the respect that it, that it deserves. At the same time, we're not just, as you know, in the mobile business, right? We're the largest linear TV player in the world now, too, with the DTV acquisition. We play a little bit in IoT, connected car, connected home. We play in broadband. So we are a very different company than the other three, and I think you're seeing us compete differently than the other three. And let's talk about each of those, those areas and then, and then video as well. Sure. But um, in terms of cars, you guys have been in most of the connected car yeah. announcements. Um, talk about what, what does that car customer bring you how, how have you seen them? Are they tend to be your smartphone customers as well? How is that working out for you guys? Uh, it's working great. You know, we, uh, we actually uh, did almost a million uh, connected cars last quarter alone. I'm very proud of the team. They've done a phenomenal job. Our customer is kind of multiple customers. So when you think about it, the first customer in connected car are the OEMs that we partner with, um, whether it's General GM, whether it's Audi, BMW, and others, uh, Tesla. They're our main customer when we think about going in and helping and supporting them. Our main goal in getting into this business, really, you know, was to be the best partner in the world, period, and to help them in any way they need help. And, and I think you heard Benedict say, really, the car is becoming, you know, a smartphone with four wheels. And we're pretty good at the smartphone thing, and they're looking for our support. The other customer is, is that once that car is purchased and that customer brings their, their smartphone in the car, that's got to be perfect. We want that smartphone to stay in your pocket or your purse. We want to keep distracted driving to a minimum. That's our number one thing we're, we're concerned about. At the same time, we're offering retail plans. Right, we're offering Wi-Fi hotspots. You can add it to mobile share value. We're offering um, apps. And you're really seeing a whole bunch of different things coming into the car. 
And then really the third piece I'd throw out is, is the over-the-air updates. I mean, that's the future, is that the car being a smartphone on wheels needs to be updated, just like your smartphone. So that's, the positives of all this is, you know, your car gets smarter, you can update Absolutely. it, it can talk. I am curious though, you know, historically the car makers get a knock for being slow to move and, mm -hmm. and stuff with an overabundance of caution on security. But if you think about it, they said, we're not gonna let the, the infotainment, the connected piece, yeah. talk to any part of the automotive because we're worried about security. Even with that fear, almost every connected car out there, there's been an exploit. How do you manage yeah, be security? Yeah, be careful. Look, our job is to support them and help them. And at AT&T, you know, like I said, we're in a lot of businesses. We have 3,000 um, uh, folks working on the security side of the business every day. And we support our Fortune 1000 customers. So we're involved in every aspect of it. If, if a car company is looking for our support, our job's a network layer. But we do have platforms and support for them. But be careful. The, the things you've seen, the Jeep that happened, uh, that was done through an old infotainment system that had an open internet access. Right? The new vehicles coming off do not have their closed ecosystems. The other one that was supposedly a Tesla got hacked, they actually got inside of the app of the Tesla, not the car itself. And these auto manufacturers are, are doing a phenomenal job. They're very concerned, and I'm very proud that we're helping many of them in, inside of each of the layers, whether it be the, the uh, device layer, which is the car in this case, or it's the software layer or the network layer. But the reality is this has to be paramount. The good guys i got to make sure we're watching what the bad guys and bad gals are doing out there, and this is a journey, as you know. Cool. On wearables, you've said, uh, you've made a claim that I, I'm curious to see if that's still your contention and yeah. hasn't yet borne out, that most um, uh, smartwatches uh, are going to be connected. That's correct. And today, almost none. Uh, there have been a handful. Uh, well, there have been a handful. Almost none of that's those that's, sold. That's fair. There have been a few yeah. models. There's yeah. more. Uh, you know, LG just talked about the first Android Wear that's going to be connected. Yeah. Um, is it just we need to get to better battery life? I mean, to me, it seems like the Apple Watch and some of these fitness bands are doing all they can do yeah. and still have decent battery life. If you throw a cellular modem on there, you can do it, but you have to use it in a very limited fashion. Look, I, I think uh, what Apple's done, I think there's many others, right? I think we got someone coming after me who's done a phenomenal job as well. There's a place for back, I call it backpacking on your smartphone. There's absolutely a place for it. Um, when you're thinking about trying to, to solve real problems, I think the, the device has to be connected. I think the Apple Watch has done a great job. It's opened people's eyes to what's possible. It's done a great job, and, and, and the team has sold uh, quite a few. We don't know exactly how many. Um, but I really think long-term, uh, battery life won't be an issue. I think long-term, you're going to see more and more of these being independent devices. I think long-term, it has a place to become the hub for the body. I think, about, um, I think about aging in place opportunities. I think about people that go for a run. I mean, there's probably plenty of uh, folks in this room that don't want to strap a six-inch smartphone to their shoulder and go for a jog, right? You'd rather leave that at home, have the capability to be connected. So I really think we're going to see, now it's gone slower than I would have liked, I would agree with you, but I really think when you, we talk about this a year from now or two years from now, the majority of what's out there, what's really solving those issues will be fully connected. So there was an iPod before there was an iPhone. Mm -hmm. um, it was disconnected. You know, we had, we carried a phone and we carried an iPod. Yeah. Um, you think something similar is going to happen I in think the watch space? I think, yeah, I absolutely do. Yeah. I, I'm not saying watch. I'm saying it's really about yeah. a wearable. It's really about, I, I really can see an opportunity, especially when you consider what's happening. Let's just take the aging in place. 10,000 people a day retiring. 
our system cannot handle that, that the ecosystem is going to struggle with it, they want to stay in their homes, you want to, us as caregivers want to take care of mom and dad, the opportunity to put something on their wrist, is my 78-year-old dad really going to strap it on his wrist, attach it to his smartphone? He's not. So we, we have, there's a ton of opportunities, and I really believe that hub of the body, whether it's a watch or not, is a huge opportunity and will continue to grow. Um, obviously, each carrier is looking at the future and doing something different. T-Mobile and Sprint are really focused on, you know, going after core smartphone customers. Yeah. You know, Verizon's made a bunch of deals in the video world. You guys have bought DirecTV and expanded into Mexico. Why, why were those the right choices for you guys? Well, let's start, let's start with DirecTV. So when, when we believe very strongly the future of our business is going to be mobile and video. Uh, we actually announced earlier this year that already half the usage on our network is video and we're just getting started. And, and reality is, is, is that smartphone or that tablet that's sitting in your lap, that's really the, that's the, that's the TV of the future. That's where people are going to consume. Um, so the opportunity to get into, we already were in the video business with Uverse, um, the opportunity to buy and become the biggest linear TV player in the world gives us a whole bunch of opportunities from content perspective. It also gives us opportunities in the linear side, and it gives us opportunities in what people like to call the over-the-top side from the standpoint that over-the-top's a thing because people couldn't get what they wanted where and when they wanted it. We have the capability now to deliver to any device, car, tablet, whatever device you'd like to deliver to it, that video content when you want it, right, on any device where you want it. And that, we believe, is one of the key futures of our business. So today, you can watch great video. One of the things that amazes me, yeah. video over LTE, good LTE signal is amazing. It's often better than what I get over Wi-Fi. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm a customer of yours, so I can't Thank afford to watch you. a lot Thank of it. Thank you very much. Um, I appreciate that. <laughs> you might have missed keep the watching, second part. Keep watching. That's yeah, I, I can't afford to watch all. Is that a problem that gets solved in 5G and 5G? When, when, when can I actually, when can you afford to affordably deliver me a lot of video? When can I get it without it being a luxury? Well, first of all, I think we can, we can deliver affordably now video, right? You can afford for me to watch it. I yeah, can yeah, afford yeah. for me to watch it. Which, <laughs> I think, look, it's, it's, a matter of, it's a matter of this. First of all, 5G is a whole different topic, right? I mean, as you said, today the LTE networks are performing beautifully, and especially for video and all types of video. Um, we obviously, you always have situations where you have to make decisions about, about how much video is going to cross over that network and what size is your bucket. As you know, mobile share value for us has been just a home run, right? Customers think it's fair. They buy a bucket. They add devices to the bucket, and they use it. As we move into the video world, I think we're going to have to look at other business models and look at what makes sense depending on the customer that's sitting in front of us and the type of customers that we have. But if I've got the ability to have a TV customer, a, a mobile customer, a broadband customer, a car customer, a home customer with Digital Life, you know, we've become an integrated carrier. We've become the ability to deliver a multitude of services, and I think you know well my competition can't do that. Um, so one of the things that helps increase those pipes is Spectrum. Yeah. Um, we had a small Spectrum auction. It raised a ton of money. So you say small? Well, it's smaller than the one that's coming up. We spent a few bucks. You, yeah, you yeah, spent a few. No, yeah. I mean, it raised billions. Yeah, billions. Yeah. Um, even small businesses like Dish participate. <laughs> um, inside Spectrum. Yeah. Um, there's another one coming up next yeah. year. Um, Sprint said they're not going to participate, that they feel yeah. like they're good on Spectrum. I think some optimistically, especially those that you know are trying to count, count money for the government, you know, think it's going to bring in a fortune. Uh, 
how do you view the upcoming spectrum? Well, well uh, I don't, you know, I think there's lots of things being thrown around. I think the government's thrown out $60 billion of opportunity. We don't think that's realistic. We just don't think that's possible. Obviously, you said it. Sprint has made a decision not to participate. Uh, the FCC's put in some rules uh, that I think are interesting when you consider that T-Mobile came out recently and said, well, we'll spend up to $10 billion. Well, with Sprint not participating, not sure they're going to have to. So uh, we think that, that 60 is really unrealistic um, at this time, and uh, we'll see what happens. But you guys are, I mean, you're interested in the spectrum, right? I, we are always interested in spectrum. I mean, spectrum is the lifeblood of our business. You just said it. You know, when you think about video becoming more a part of what we do, and you think, really, the, the thirst for, for network usage is just going up. So we're always going to have to look for more spectrum. But it's got to be in the right situation, right cost, and those types of things. Okay, well, it'll be interesting. We have Jessica Rosenworcel from the FCC coming up uh, tomorrow, so we'll be interested to that hear. It should be a fun conversation. Um, in terms of, you know, and I want to quickly get to audience questions, um, but, but in terms of how you guys are, are viewing where things look a couple of years from now, I mean, mm -hmm. what, what's going to change from my life today yeah. a couple of years from now? Well, I think there's a few things. First of all, your whole life's going to be connected. You know, as Benedict said, it's, we're not going to be able to count the number of devices in our lives that are connected. The key to connected devices, and not for the folks in this room, you know, we're all like shiny objects and follow this industry, but for the common folk out there, we've got to make it simple, right? And when you think about digital life, which is our home security and automation business, you know, it's all IP-based, it's got a phenomenal app, and we want people to feel comfortable they can manage their life in one way. Uh, as you know, we talked last time, we took our drive platform, which is the platform we're using with our automotive players, and we actually opened the APIs of that and combined that with our digital life platform at the request of the OEMs because they said, look, why shouldn't I be able to manage my home from my car? I don't want people pulling that smartphone out of their pocket. And the question really becomes is can we get these devices in our lives to take care of us versus us taking care of them? Once you've told your car, hey, as I drive up to my home, could you please open the garage, unlock the doors, turn the thermostat back up, turn my alarm off, and put on you know, this Marvin Gaye song, you can do that very simply. Every day it would do the same thing. That'd be kind of weird. I got the Marvin Gaye part. But you get my point, right? <laughs> and so the concept of these things taking care of us, I think, is where we're headed. The key for us is really making it simple, clean, and easy for the customer. And then the security piece so that if they steal your car, they can't drive it to your house. That's correct. Open the driveway, well, turn on the lights. That's, that's exactly right. Stereo Marvin Gaye what? CD. Yeah. <laughs> Which would be, that'd be horrible. But yeah, absolutely. It's all about giving customers these choices. Now us, we're in a position with the, with the investments we've made as an integrated carrier to deliver so many aspects of that, and we're so far ahead of the competition is why I'm excited about where AT&T's headed. Awesome, well I, I could talk all day, but I'd love to hear uh, from the audience questions. I'm sure you guys are all totally satisfied with your cellular experience, so no one's gonna have any questions. But That's perfect, this makes it easy. On the off chance anyone has a question for AT&T, and it doesn't actually just have to be complaints about your bill. If you can go to one of the microphones behind you. Um, Dan Dorado from Vector Media. Question for you regarding data. Uh, two of your competitors have chosen the route of unlimited with throttling. I don't think consumers understand, you mentioned the bucket of data, bucket of data, and, and Ina mentioned, I can't afford to stream video. How is AT&T gonna help manage people understanding data? You can understand the concept of a minute, you can understand the concept of a message, but data is just something that's very hard to wrap your brain around. And how are you going to position as applications just keep drawing more of it? Yeah, it's a great question. We, we've actually tried numerous things. And we have uh, 
So you give you an idea, you know, we, get, we have almost 20 million door swings a month to give you an idea in our stores, right? We have 2,300 stores. And we're, our reps are being, we're trying to train them to use simple examples. What's an email? What's a song? How, you know, X, X, X um, minutes of video. So that we can try, to your point, we got to make it simple so they understand what they're using. But it's still really hard. I mean, I give you an example. You know, my 22-year-old used 22 gigs last month. Now, he's a senior in, I trust me, I, have a, I pay the regular bills. I'm right there with you, right? And, and, and I, my question to him was a couple fold. First of all, can you please find some Wi-Fi? It's a fair question, right? And he said, but dad, your, your LTE is faster and better to watch video. It was almost all video. He's an athlete in college. He's traveling all the time, and that's what he's doing. And that's where we have to understand. Now, that, I got notifications that it was going over and all those things. But we have to educate folks in real terms, in terms they understand. And that's what we're trying to do. Video is a whole different world because you can watch video at different resolutions. And so that's something that we, we as an industry need to work on so that people understand what they're using and how they're using it. Um, I do think the exciting thing is that they want it, right? This is something that they, they thrive in, you know? And so we've actually made some uh, changes to uh, our throttling policies as, as we came out very clearly. We try to be very transparent with our customers about every aspect of what they buy and where they are. We also try to be fair when we get that phone call that somebody says, wow, I didn't know. So we try to be really fair and take care of that customer. But you're dead on. It's about using simple terms that people can understand. Thank you. Thanks. Hey, Glenn. This is Mario Tapia with Mobile Monday. How are you? So I asked, good, I asked John Stanton a couple of weeks ago at CTIA about uh, how, have you had any words for the operators in terms of monetizing um, and, and, I'll, and I'll say the F word, uh, and not becoming the fat pipe, yeah. <laughs> right? And so what are your thoughts in terms of how can you reposition AT&T? How can carriers reposition themselves to become part of the ecosystem as opposed to the fat pipe? Yeah, you know what? It's, it's, it's this. Let me see if I can answer this. First of all, um, being a, it, it, the fat pipe thing or the dumb pipe thing is something we've talked about for a long time. I think if you look, I, someone can speak for us, can't speak for the other players. If you look at all the businesses we're in, Right, where the, being the largest linear TV player in the world, obviously we have a little bit of content. Right, we're going to play in the content world. We we also believe very strongly that that having specific content that only we have, like maybe Sunday Ticket, one that many of you might have, is really really important when you're thinking about that. But when you look at every aspect of our business, we play in so many parts of the ecosystem. IoT, we're playing in every part of the ecosystem. That I'm not really worried about that. I'm more concerned about the other questions asked, about us making sure we take care of the growth aspect of our business. Um, our, our concerns are, can we get enough spectrum? Right, our concerns are around spending the capital we need to do to make sure our network's performing beautifully so that we can deliver customers all that content. And some of that content will come over the top from others, and a lot of it will come directly from us, which means we're playing in multiple aspects of the, of the uh, supply chain or ecosystem that you're talking about. Thanks, Mario. I saw Dan first, and then we'll go to you. Hey, uh, Dan Seifer with The Verge. Uh, I wanted to ask you a question about, earlier you were speaking about how uh, wearables and other devices will eventually all become connected yeah. and not rely on a Wi-Fi pairing. How will you overcome uh, telling customers that they're now going to have to be paying $10 a month more for their watch uh, in addition to everything else that they're paying with their wireless bill? Yeah, so a couple things. First of all, $10 is what today is on the, on the bigger devices. I think we're going to have to have multiple situations with price points. 
There could be a situation, depending on the device, where it just eats out of the bucket and there isn't one. Right? I think we're going to have to learn as we get into this. This is a very nascent space. If you do add a tablet to us, it's 10 bucks, right? If you add a car, in some cases, depending on the car company and the 4G hotspot, it's, it's 10 or $15. Um, we're going to have to work through that based upon customer demand, comp competition, and all those things. Uh, it's going to be interesting as more and more things come be uh, become connected. But remember, when we say everything's going to be connected, I'm not saying everything's going to be connected to the wide area wireless network. Right? You think about digital life for us. Digital life, every device inside your home is wireless. The only one touching the wide area wireless network is the controller, the brain. All the other devices are using one and two-way protocol, Zigbee, Z-Wave, 433, and those are talking to each other in the home and then touching the internet if needed with, with a, with a uh, wide area wireless module. So there's a whole bunch of ways this is going to work. And, and really, let me be clear, I still think there's going to be Bluetooth devices. Not saying that. I think they're going to continue to thrive. I just think as we look forward and we look forward at the devices that are going to do more and more and solve more and more problems, they're going to be independent so that smartphone doesn't have to be there. Okay, super quick. We're out of time, but I want to get to both of your questions. So real quickly. Okay, thank you. My, my question is very similar to what's been asked earlier. This is about 4G connecting devices that are beyond smartphones. We talked about wearables. What about compute, laptops, two-in-ones, uh, even tablets? How are you going to make sure that they become uh, also 4G connected ubiquitously? Oh, we're, we're trying really hard. I mean, uh, they, and many of them are. I mean, you know, it's funny. I, I actually, uh, you know, I've had lots of conversations with folks I won't name who build lots of tablets to say, I don't understand why you're building a Wi-Fi only tablet anymore, right? The, the cost of the, to uh, wirelessly enable it's come down to a very reasonable place. And I think we're seeing more and more folks go that route. Um, and I think if you look at Benedict's slides and, and kind of what computing really means, and most of us, where we're doing our computing, the majority of us want in full-time, always-on connection, period. Right? And Wi-Fi is a very important part of that. It's, it, Wi-Fi and Y-Area work together. And we've been, as a carrier, investing in Wi-Fi forever, and we, we continually will. But it's got to be like this. But reality is, is the expectations of all of you, and more and more so, is that I'm connected when I want, where I want, anytime I want. And the only way to do that is to make sure you have both capabilities. Great. Notebooks have been around for a long oh, time. Hold but on. Sorry. I so, want to get to okay. everyone. So. Yeah, I'm curious your thoughts on uh, mobile advertising. You have companies like Verizon in, uh, acquiring AOL and Millennial mm -hmm. Media, SoftBank investing in scale-out Sonara. Meanwhile, in Europe and Israel, some carriers are actually blocking traffic as a way to sort of yeah. compete against Google. What do you think AT&T will do in this space? Well, I can't tell you. Uh, no, I'm kidding. That was funny. You guys didn't even laugh. Uh, uh, I'll tell you, we, we believe very strongly mobile advertising uh, has tremendous opportunities. Um, we're, we're in the advertising business in multiple places. You can imagine as we think about video, as we think about delivering video to our, all of our uh, wireless devices, we see opportunities there. I got nothing to say about what we're going to do. I think it's interesting to watch some, how people are playing it out right now. But again, this is early stage. You know, we've been talking about mobile advertising exploding for how many years? Uh, I do think there is uh, a business there. I do think there's an opportunity. And uh, I, I really like where we sit with the assets we have to go play in it. Thank you. Cool. Well, thank you so much, Glenn. Thank you. Always a pleasure. It's fun. Always great to yep. see you. Thank you very much. Thanks so much. Appreciate it.